You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Good morning, Rob. Good to see you. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Ah, you know, I'm doing my best to hang in there over here, man. Aren't we all, man? It's a struggle every single day, isn't it? Oh, you got it. It's a daily struggle. But you know what it is? I've learned this. You take one day at a time. Yep, that's it. I that's have, it. And make no mistake, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have long-term goals. Of course, we all should. And short-term goals as well. But really, we're living in such uncertain times that I, I tell you, my friends, I just take it one day at a time. Otherwise... I'm only speaking for myself. I get overwhelmed, and it's like, hold on, let me just plan out my day, my week, my month, my time. Yep. Really, and I have, I want to, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. But if I think about everything at once, it gets the better of me. That's for sure. You always got to be improving. You always got to be working towards things. Mm-hmm. So I like breaking it down to like daily goals. You know, then maybe your monthly type of goals and then your more long term, you know, one to two year plus type. And to link that with real estate, um, you know, we've been doing a show. I don't know. Is it two years or is it over? You know what? It's uh, right around now is around the two year anniversary. I I believe I thought so. too. I thought it was February or March. But I've had and you you know, that's why I'm asking this because you can attest to this. Um, I've had a goal of selling my home. Originally, it was going to be last year, and then it was like, well, maybe that's not, not the right time. So I'm going to put my house on the market um, this summer. So I've been looking at homes, and I know it's the end of February, and I think I even kind of alluded to this last week. So the inventory isn't high, but with the inventory that is there, I'm thinking to myself, You'll, you, you can't, I'm looking at all overpriced homes. Oh, even my, even my agent even my agent is saying, yeah. Well, if you no. think something's overpriced, I'll tell you, now's a great time to be a buyer in that in that scenario because I've seen in the last couple of weeks multiple clients getting offers accepted well under the, the under. list price. Had one A year actually, ago, people were bidding over. You know, the- yep, I agree. And I actually had one, and I know this is a fluke. This isn't normal. But I had one just last week get their offer accepted. It was a six hundred thousand dollar home, and they got their offer accepted at five hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, so fifty thousand under. Now I'm not going to say what town it's in, but it's a little more of an outskirts type of town. It's not in the city. It's an area with lower inventory, less homes. So these people had their home on the market for a good while. I think two over two months. So you see those opportunities as a home buyer. The house has been on the market for you know sixty plus days. You've got um, you know a current market where limited inventory, like you said, uh, you're going to see a scenario where they can either pay closing costs for the buyer. They got to entice them somehow, right? So you're either lowering your price, paying the closing costs, or you know giving a concession. Like you said, a year ago, two years ago, forget it. Like it's not even on the table. And I remember I was pre-approving people a year or two ago that needed money from the seller to buy their home, like to pay for closing costs. I couldn't even pre-approve them. We'd say, no, you can't buy a house. You have to save up more. Whereas lately, and I've talked about this on some other episodes, like we're starting to see that traction with buyers getting 
money from the seller to pay closing costs. So now I can tell an agent, hey, they've got a down payment, but they need the seller to pay 5000 towards their closing costs or all their closing costs before I'd get the cold shoulder. Now it's a real negotiation and it's legitimate and it's actually happening. So I think that's a huge open door for home buyers that wasn't there before. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about on the long-term goal planning, buying a home, being a real estate investor, any any combination of that is a long-term perspective. You don't wake up one day and do it. So you have to have that foresight to say, this is somewhere I want to be. What do I need to do with my credit, with my income, with my tax returns, with my assets, with my down payment money? Like, where do all these things need to be put in play? And it's not something usually that happens on one phone call. I try, you know, to do a condensed consultation with some clients and hit all that, but it's still a long term. You know, it's still three to six months in a lot of cases to get where you need to go, especially if you're coming from a situation where you've had challenges, right? When it Mm. comes to buying a home in any of these areas. So one of the things, if we like take a step back and take that real long-term perspective, that real general approach to this is talking about the wealth team, right? Talking about the team that you've got working with you because it's not just a mortgage advisor. Even though that's what we hone in on on this show, there's a group of people that you're going to be dealing with to get into position to get where you want to be with buying a home. And you know, Gary, I mean, you got we're pre-approved, you're pre-approved, mm-hmm. you know that part. But there's been other people involved too. Your real estate agent's been involved. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, when you buy the home, there'll be a tax advisor involved in doing your your uh, taxes, right? My accountant, your accountant, right? Yeah. You might have investment advisors, financial planners, that sort of person that may be involved in that too. Because the question is, do I put down? 30%, 50% down payment, or do I put a low down payment? I mean, I know that that's crossed your mind. We've talked about that. So this is where the wealth team, this team of people, this is where the rubber meets the road, right, is is creating that wealth team. So we did an episode a year or so ago where we touched on creating a wealth team. Who are the people? What do they do? Today, what I want to do is I want to dive in a little bit more in depth in optimizing your wealth team right. and getting this like a well-oiled machine. So the, then, all right, then the first question has got to be for people who maybe weren't listening right, to the show right. a year ago, um, maybe explain the concept of a personal wealth team and really what specifically it entails. Okay. So when we're talking about a personal wealth team, it might sound scary or something that only rich people have, but no, the personal wealth team is just your advisory board, your group of professionals that you, as I don't care if you're a first time home buyer, if you have 10 properties or more, you have a team of people that's helping you make financial decisions. Mm -hmm. If you don't have one, then you need one (laughs) because you're your own personal wealth team at that point. And that's not what you want. You're not a professional. I'm, I mean, I've been in the mortgage industry 20 plus years. I've done thousands of loans. I have a wealth team. I have people I consult with. I'm constantly going down mm-hmm. these, these paths. So team of professionals. So it's not going to be your uncle Joe. It's not going to be your, your brother. It's not going to be like people in your personal, um, sphere. Usually you want third parties. You want unbiased advice, right? So even if your Uncle Joe's a great CPA, I'd say on your wealth team, you might want someone outside of there because the idea is to have seasoned professionals with a lot of experience that can give you unbiased advice. And I feel like if you have someone that's a friend, family member, acquaintance, 
then they're not going to give you unbiased advice because they might know more about you and give you advice that's more tailored to, you know, things that you've shared with them. So that's why I don't recommend that. But you want this group of people to be in place that you're having these ongoing conversations with. Not only that, but they should be talking. Your mortgage professional should be talking to your real estate agent. Your real estate agent should be corresponding with your financial advisor. So a lot of people have a wealth team that's completely dissected and disconnected from each other. That's not good. That's not going to give the most synergy. So the synergy, the uh, collaboration is a huge part of having the wealth team because it's going to make sure that you don't make mistakes that you would make otherwise. So that's a big thing. And then also opportunities, finding the right opportunities. If you have the right wealth team in place, you know, those opportunities can come. You can evaluate them quickly and accurately and decide decisively whether you're going to move on that opportunity or whether you're going to pass it or push it aside to move on to something else. So that's what the wealth team is all about. And then it's optimizing the wealth team. This is something like a football team or a baseball team. You might have somebody that was your first string. Now it's been a couple years. Maybe they're not doing as well. Maybe they aren't as hands-on or they're moving to retirement. They're just not a fit for your team anymore. Totally normal, customary to swap that person out. Get rid of that CPA that wasn't performing on your team and swap them out with someone that's maybe more innovative, more modern, taking a different approach. So it's not only about creating that team once, but then like a sports team, swapping it in and out over time. All right. So help help us out here. The key members of this wealth team, who are they? And really, what role individually mm-hmm. are they playing in order to help manage okay. finances? Right. So let's go through each member of the wealth team and talk about what they do. So it's really five main members that you're going to want. Uh, when you're starting out, you might have three or four. When you're a little bit further along in this, you might have six or seven. But the five main members, first of all, is going to be your real estate professional. This means a real estate consultant, a realtor, um, a real estate negotiator, whatever you want to call it. This is the person representing you during the real estate transaction. If you're selling a home, a selling agent. If you're buying a home, a buyer's agent. So somebody that's got that real experience in the real estate industry that's done a lot of transactions to help you navigate and most importantly, help you negotiate to get the best deal on the piece of real estate that you're buying, selling or whatnot. That's your first member. Next is going to be your mortgage lender, your mortgage advisor. This is me. This is what I do. So the person in your team that's going to handle this is going to be the one that's going to be consulting with you on the types of loans that you're going to be getting. Now, On a surface level, it's going to be someone that really specializes in mortgages, right? So the type of mortgage that you're getting to buy the property, consulting with you on how much money down you're going to need and different loan programs and optimizing your credit score, that sort of thing. Um, In a long-term perspective, real estate investor, you may have a mortgage advisor that specializes on the residential side. You may have another that specializes more in commercial properties, office buildings, that sort of thing, depending on where you're at with that. One of the things that I do as a mortgage advisor that I think really elevates my status on the wealth team is I look at myself as the quarterback of the team because not only are we handling the mortgage stuff, but more importantly, on the ongoing basis, we're looking at your debt as a whole. So it's almost like a debt manager. What debt do you have? What's your plan to pay it off? What debt are you thinking about taking over the next couple months or years? Maybe you're going to co-sign for your kids a student loan. That needs to be factored in. That needs to be discussed. Maybe you're going to be buying a new car in the next year. Should you buy? Should you lease? How long of a loan should you take? 
that's all stuff that the mortgage advisor will be doing. But again, their role in the wealth team is more of a debt manager. So that's that part of it. That's your second item. The next one's going to be your CPA, your tax advisor, your uh, tax professional. This is someone that's really going to help you and hopefully someone that's done your tax returns or advised you on doing your taxes uh, at least a year or two so they know what you've got going on. And they're really instrumental because real estate opportunities have a lot of tax implications. Like when you're selling a house, you may have to pay a lot of tax on the profit. When you're buying a home, there's tax implications there, the property that you're buying. So having that tax pro, um, sometimes they'll have that designation as a CPA, um, but some sort of professional licensing or professional designation. And they're going to help you to make the decisions on maybe there's something you should be thinking of when you're buying this house that you're not. Maybe selling that property and rolling the money over in a certain way using a certain strategy could save you a lot of money on taxes. For example, a 1031 exchange. You need that professional that knows that stuff. There's so many loopholes in the tax code. There's so many creative ways that you can do your taxes and things you can take advantage of. That's why so many of these high net worth individuals, companies, they don't pay almost any tax because they have the right people in this space. Don't think for a minute just because you're buying your first home or you only have one at rental property that you're not going to need this person. They're even more important when you have that because you need to save money to get to that next phase. All right, the next member, the fourth member of the wealth team is going to be your investment manager, financial advisor, certified financial planner, or CFP, someone with that sort of experience and designation. This is someone that's really going to help you with retirement planning. They're going to help you plan out your investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, alternative investments, all this stuff they need to have a handle on because we need to know where real estate fits in your long-term goals. Where does real estate fit in when it comes to your 401k? Maybe you don't have a 401k and real estate is your retirement plan. Even more of a reason you need an investment advisor or retirement advisor to help make sure that you're going to have that right plan in place and it's going to be implemented to hit your goals. And the last one is going to be attorneys. So I use attorneys in a very, very broad sense because there's so many different types of attorneys. Mm -hmm. Generally, you need that real estate attorney to help buy, sell, finance real estate. That's going to be your starting point. But if you're doing LLCs, you may need a corporate attorney. If you're doing commercial stuff, you may need one that specializes in in that sort of thing. Um, so trusts, there's estate planning attorneys. So attorneys, we really just you know, the tip of the iceberg, get that one attorney to help with real estate, knowing that you may ultimately have a couple different attorneys on your team. Rob, at what stage in life is it most opportune to put assemble this wealth team, this yeah. mortgage team? Well, I'll tell you, Gary, after our last episode on the wealth team, we got tons of feedback, got tons of questions. And I will tell you that one of the biggest things that I was hearing was, oh, well, that wealth team, that's for like down the road. I'll do that down the road. I don't need that now. I'm just buying my first home or I'm, I just bought my first property or I'm buying my first rental. I'll do that later on as if there's a like you're spending extra money to assemble this wealth team, which you're really not. These professionals get paid by you when you're doing business with them. So they're available to consult with you when you're not doing business with them. That's the whole point. So don't feel like you need all this money up front to start. I would say find and consult and meet with your initial wealth team members around the time that you're buying your first property. Because you're going to have a wealth team whether you want one or not. Because you need a realtor, you need a mortgage advisor, and you need an attorney to buy or sell real estate. So you're going to have those three professionals 
whether you do it on purpose or not. Why not do it with purpose? Why not know that I'm creating that foundation for the future? So take the extra time to vet the professionals, make sure it's somebody that you want to work with long term, and then you can just build out that wealth team after you buy your first home. You might already have a CPA or a financial advisor, that's fine, but you want them to collaborate, like I said, with the other members. So your mortgage advisor, I mean, I just got an email the other day from a client that's buying a home who said, hey, I was talking to my financial advisor about this a week ago, and he wasn't sure I should be even buying a home right now. So then I collaborated with the financial pro, and we were able to talk through some items and some concerns he had and get on the same path to where now he recommended that they buy their first home. The reason he wasn't recommending it because they were going to put like 30% down. But I explained to him that no, they actually qualify for a loan where they'd only have to put 10% down. Once we had that uh, collaboration and we had that fact finding, now it made sense. And he's like, well, now they have this extra money to invest. You can do a lower down mortgage. This is a real world uh, experience that just happened of why having these scenarios and having the collaboration is so, so important. So make sure you've got the entire team in place by the time you've got multiple properties, but get that foundational team when you're buying your first home. And they're going to help you make better financial decisions going forward, this wealth team. Always. Yeah. Always they are. That's the thing. They're unbiased. They're their incentive is to help you do more deals. Their incentive is to help you buy more homes and do more business. That's where they get paid, so they're going to give you the best advice so you can get to that point. All right. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Of course, you can always get more information from Rob on his website at robgw.com. And write this phone number down, 860-413-413. Three nine three eight. I'll repeat all of that. The email address uh, as well. More towards the end of the show. All right, Rob. Why is having a wealth team? It's really crucial from a tax perspective. Why so? Yeah, I mean, taxes are probably one of the biggest reasons you want to have a wealth team because there's so many pieces of the puzzle when it comes to buying, selling, financing real estate. So the big thing is that you might make a decision to sell a property and have a big tax nut on your hands, a big tax liability. But if you had talked to your CPA, your financial advisor, your tax advisor, you actually looped in this wealth team before you made a big financial decision like that, you might find that you could make a change, make an adjustment, do something creatively in a different way than you originally were thinking, and that could save you a lot of money. One of the biggest glaring examples that comes to mind all my long-term investors will know is a 1031 exchange. So I don't want to get in too much of the weeds on what a 1031 exchange is, but it's a it's a strategy in the tax code that allows you to completely avoid or minimize your tax uh, liability when you sell a property and you buy another one within a certain period of time. It's one of the biggest tax loopholes in the uh, tax code for real estate investors, very commonly used, but requires a very specific timeline requires a very specific um, protocol in the steps that you take to go about it. If even one thing is screwed up on a 1031 exchange, all the benefit goes away and you waste your time. And a 1031 exchange, there's some cost to doing it. So it's one of those things where if you don't know about it, if you don't have the right team that says, hey, what about this idea? You're going to completely leave it on the table. And 
I mean, you're selling a property that you bought 10 years ago and you're selling it now and you're making a lot of money on it. You could give up 20, 30 plus percent to Uncle Sam. If you use these strategies, you're not going to do that. You might be able to recapture all or most of that profit. So that's just one example about why having the wealth team is so crucial from a tax perspective. Um, you know, and also just your basics, like writing off mortgage interest, scheduling or filing your rental schedule on your tax return correctly. These are things that we all take for granted. Like everyone just does them like it's no big deal. I will tell you right now, I see people that have rental properties all the time that are trying to refinance or buy other ones. And I'll look at their tax returns and see huge errors, huge problems and things that will actually stop them from being able to buy another property. And most of the time they didn't even know about it. Had we had the collaboration earlier, had they put that wealth team and created that synergy Back when they did their taxes, now we wouldn't be having to backtrack. Now we wouldn't be having to redo and amend returns and things like that. So it's like taxes are just the tip of the iceberg. It's really about making sure that all your ducks are in a row, all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, the details are there, because unfortunately, if, if you don't do it right, you're going to end up having to do it again. I imagine they'd also help with like legacy and estate planning too, right? Yeah, legacy and estate planning is huge because most people – Look at real estate as a long-term investment. Many people have real estate as part of their uh, their retirement plan, right? Retirement income could be coming from real estate. So I think the one thing that is the most opportune to mention when it comes to why have a wealth team when it comes to legacy and estate planning is just a point of contact when things hit the fan, right? <laughs> God forbid you're in a car accident. God forbid you have an emergency and you're not able to Talk to your spouse or loved ones about where money is, how to handle that money. This wealth team can be a point of contact. And because they know you, they know your finances and they're in collaboration with each other. It can make it so much more painless when you have a major debacle, right? God forbid someone passes away and the assets need to be figured out. Where are they? What are they? How much is there? Where should they be going? This wealth team simplifies that. If they've got an estate planner on the wealth team, they should have a will and an estate plan, right? If they've got a CPA on that wealth team, they're going to know what's going on with the taxes. And of course, the mortgage and real estate pro to help out with selling, disposing of properties. So that's all so important. And if we want to get more in depth, of course, these attorneys can be doing a lot more on it. No, I'd rather have you get more in depth because this next question is really about your role. Okay. Right, you as as you know, the, the mortgage advisor, what's your role in this wealth team more specific? I'd rather have you go yeah. into that. Yeah, so on the mortgage side, you know, I really consider myself the way I work my practice as the quarterback of the wealth team. Right. Really okay. the quarterback. So we're going to be making recommendations, really putting direction on this wealth team to say, hey, here's who we should be talking to here. This person needs to collaborate with this one. We have a question about this. We need to talk to this person. You see, mm -hmm. we're kind of pulling those strings behind the scenes. So what we want to look at is the mortgage advisor working with the other members of the team to make the right financial decisions. We want to look at equity repositioning. Should we cash equity out of a property or should you sell the property? There's tax implications to, to selling a property. We should talk to your CPA about that. Um, cash out refinancing, there's no tax implications. That might be a better strategy. Um, properties being sold in exchange. We talked about 1031 exchange. That's all going to be part of the mortgage advisor's uh, cup as well because we're going to need to be 
figuring out pre-approvals if you're buying new properties. We're going to need to be collaborating with realtors if you're selling properties. So there's a lot of heavy lifting going on behind the scenes, right? But the mortgage advisor should be that quarterback. And I think the best way I can really portray this, Gary, to you is a recent client that came to me with no wealth team, no nothing, was moving here from out of state, first time home buyer, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to start. So the way that it looked is we went, we got their mortgage pre-approved, found out more about what they were looking to do, where they're looking to move. Then once that was done, they needed a realtor. So I then linked them up with a realtor in my network that specialized in the areas that they were looking to move. So now they have two members of the wealth team, right? Well, they needed an attorney to buy that property. So now we were able to link them up with an attorney that specializes in buying and selling real estate in the specific county that they're buying in Connecticut, lots of experience. And that attorney is going to be the one that's going to help them facilitate that transaction, review the contract, that sort of thing, and of course, help them with the closing. So that right there... This is just someone that came to me a few weeks ago and now is under contract on a home. We've already created the foundational wealth team. You see, just with those three members, now they can buy that home and now we can build on it from there. How often should you be meeting with these people together at once? I got to get them all five of them in one room? So you should be meeting with these members of the wealth team whenever a new opportunity comes up. Whenever you see that you are getting ready to buy an investment, to do a deal, to buy a piece of real estate, whatever, that's when you need to be consulting with the wealth team when that opportunity arises. Individually, you're saying? Individually, meaning the first one. Like if you're talking about buying real estate, no, you no, got to I mean, be talking to the mortgage advisor and the realtor up front. I can't get them all in one room at yeah, the same that's time. That's not realistic. No, right. It's a matter of based on the opportunity. Like if you're thinking of buying a stock in the market, you're not calling your mortgage advisor to say, hey, I'm thinking of buying Tesla stock, <laughs> Microsoft. No, no, no. Right. Financial advisor. You really want to pick who's going to be your first team member that you're going to present with that opportunity and then let them guide you and say, oh, hey, you better go talk to your realtor. You better go talk to your CPA. But you got to start out with whoever's at the top of the list when it comes to that. So like I said, real estate, mortgage advisor, that sort of person and whatnot, at least once a year with each person. That's the minimum, at least once a year to have a phone call consult with them. That's a good answer. All right. Final question, but you got to be quick. Maybe just a few tips um, where to find and really source the members of yes. a personal wealth team. This is huge because you're wondering, where do I find these people? Right. First of all, referrals within the team. So if you're one of my clients working with me on a mortgage, I've got this huge Rolodex of people in every position on these teams I can refer you to. Start with that. Because I'm not referring you to someone that doesn't have a track record, that isn't professional. So that's why I think within the team is a great place to start. Next thing is going to be vetting people out on review sites like Google, Yelp, Facebook. If you figure out a name or you hear a name, go vet them. Go type their name and go read the reviews. Go read the testimonials and ratings and see, is this person legit? I heard they were good. If they've got a two-star review, but you heard they were were good... Might want to look elsewhere, but if you heard they were good and there's, you know, tons of four and five star reviews and they're, you know, up to date on everything, then that may be a good person to work with. Last thing is going to be referrals within your network, like friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers that have had a recent dealing. So somebody, you know, that just bought a house in the last couple months, had an amazing realtor raved about them. That's a good place to start. Maybe you have someone that recently set up a retirement plan, had a great experience, that sort of thing. Get with them there. Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. For more information, start with Rob's website. It's simple, Rob GW. 
mortgagematters.com. It's as simple as that. Now, I want to give you the email address as well. It's mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. That's not only uh, to reach and have a, maybe have a question answered by Rob, but maybe we can get your questions answered right here on these very airwaves, maybe as soon as even next week, depending on when you email. We'd love to answer your questions right on air. And as far as his phone number, write this down, 860-413-3938. I know it's a weekend. Um, you can always call this weekend and leave him a voicemail, or you can call him on Monday. I'll repeat it one more time for you. 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next weekend, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.